I knew I wasn't going crazy. I'm like, well, I'm looking right at it, and there's not really much hey, I can do. Just because, <laughs> just because you're right about that, doesn't necessarily mean that you're not going crazy. Okay, good. You have to keep that in mind. Welcome to Crucible of Realms Epoch Iteration. I'm Jim. I'm John. And I'm Kent. So how's it going? It's going well here. Yep, yep. Going well. Going well. I've actually recovered really quickly and have helped a colleague of mine move uh, locations for his household goods. Oh, good lord. He's uh, moving out of a huge five-bedroom place that he was renting with a couple other colleagues and has decided to go at it on his own. So he's moving into this apartment. We're going to give you the address and his work schedule. So you guys just work it out on your own. <laughs> but I feel very sore right now. Uh, yesterday was the day we helped him move. And, oh, he still has a lot of stuff to do. But we got a good majority of it. You could have yelled. <laughs> I would have come and helped. But I didn't. Nobody said anything. But, okay. <laughs> I'm not, that I'm, I'm not that I'm really upset to be left out of moving somebody. But I, I do. I would have helped. Okay. So. I owe Kent. Kent, I have to, you know, Kent moves, I have to, he's, he's been there a couple of times <laughs> oh, yeah. me, so Kent's, Kent's one of those designated movers. Oh, okay. <laughs> he, he has access to a truck, and that makes him the... Well, yeah, that, that, that does it, really. Yeah. That's, that's Default. how you get designated. Uh, yep. <laughs> well, before we get into the uh, meat of this stuff, I think largely we're just going to be talking about the uh, DragonCon postmortem. DragonCon was like a couple of weeks ago now, and uh, it was fun. But yeah, I guess we've got a couple of announcements we can make here. <coughs> announcements! <Yeah. laughs> um, <laughs> my first announcement is, should we have a bumper for announcements? Let us oh. know. That would be nice to know. Mm-hmm. Tell us your the, thoughts. Uh, I, I have a couple of things I wanted to announce. I think probably for the last several things we've released, folks have probably noticed a distinct lack of show notes. Oh. Uh, uh, yeah, I know. I have not been doing what I need to be doing. So what I'm going to do now, I think, strangely enough, I do enjoy going back and listening to the show and figuring out exactly at what moment we reference each thing and putting that in there mm-hmm. in that OCD fashion. However, I don't seem to have a lot of time for these things. <laughs> so uh, what I think I'm going to try is just listening to the show and putting a list of stuff referenced in the show and not necessarily putting the times down. Mm, okay. Because really, I, I don't think that people really need to know exactly at what moment we mentioned Phyllis Diller. Yeah. Um, <laughs> podcasting is a time sink, kids. And all that money that you get from it is just, you know... Yeah, I know. It's just not It's not worth it. The thousands and thousands of dollars you get to roll around in. Um, <laughs> but uh, Well, it's that and all the women it gets you, you know. Oh, that too, yes, apparently. Well, of course, in Ken's uh, case, that would be <laughs> detrimental, but, you know, hey. Or inconsequential. Kent needs minions. Yeah, <laughs> there you that's go. True. That's true. <laughs> well, Kent has minions in, in, our, in our current... We're playing D and D fifth edition, and he has minions, and it's yes. it's quite amusing. So minions. His PC has minions. Yeah, his oh, yes. PC has minions. He took the, awesome. He took the like the royalty background, and it uh, noble, noble. That's it. Yeah. And it yeah. and it and it's really worked out well. It's been really funny. We've we've, we've played with that really well. So. Oh, that's great. We can throw that in there. That that fifth edition has been um, or whatever they're calling it. D and D next is what I actually think they're calling it. At the um, moment, yes. Has been fun, and to my mind, it's a real step up from 4th edition, actually. Cool, cool. Now, of course, it's not going to actually come out for a couple of years, so by then it may be completely different. That's <laughs> true, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Everything that you liked, we're changing it! <laughs> yeah, Damn you! Because okay. it's what the people voted for. Have they, have they said what the timeline is? They did say at the last Gen Con that it'll be 2014. Oh, wow, I didn't wow. know that okay. long. Okay, I was hoping yeah. it would be next year. Like I said, we've had a lot of fun with it. Because they actually gave you the ability to actually create characters in this last... Test packet. Packet, yeah. yeah, whatever you want to call it. And we got to create characters and make several of our characters relatives of each other and be mm-hmm. not the rest of the party. It was fun. Yeah, rather than the pre-gen, you get to throw your own yeah. flair in there. And so that's what I was able to do with my minions, is throw the flair. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> 
And Ken Ken's, character, <laughs> Ken's character is secretly my uncle because he's a high elf and I'm a wood elf, and so there's some sort of dalliance uh, there going on that oh my dear. character isn't aware of. You mustn't cross the streams. That's yeah. dangerous. Uh, it's been done. So. <laughs> That's awesome. I stared right at it, Ray. Don't look at the trout. So the other announcement that I had just for me personally is I'm going to be at Mace this year in Charlotte, North Carolina. They're moving wow. to Charlotte. There you go. Uh, Mace is a gaming convention. For the first time this year, they're going to have panels, so we're going to see how that works out. But I'm actually running three games at Mace. I'm going to be running two sessions of Fiasco that and one. Uh, one session of Savage Worlds using my homebrewed Mythic Rome setting. Cool. And uh, I've got to actually prepare those uh, in the coming weeks, <laughs> yeah. so that'll be fun. Hey, this is, <laughs> this is sort of pertinent to what we've been, we were talking about. I met Kent Black. You meant Clint Black? Clint Black. Sorry, yeah. Clint Black. <laughs> I was like, me? Clint, you created a strange amalgamation of Kent and Clint. It's, uh... a, I met, <laughs> we, we met Clint Black at DragonCon, and I, I meant to mention there's a, a webcomic called Clockwork. They set up their world as a Savage World supplement, I guess, that, and I just wondered if they knew about it or whether this was some sort of rogue thing that they were doing under the you know the Creative Commons license and all that stuff that they're doing there. I guess it's no, not... They don't do a Crave Commons. They do a kind of open OGL, right? Well, Savage Worlds has a a relatively open license for fans. There are certain requirements, um, but they have a fan license thing you can do, okay. and that doesn't generally require much interaction with them. And then they have the next scale license, which is where if you're going to start selling things, where there's a little bit of communication with them, although it's a lot more open now than it was. I don't believe there's any cost for it now. Uh, time was they actually did used to have a charge for the license. It wasn't that expensive, but now it's free. Because it was good stuff. It was good stuff to read based on the... It's a very kind of steampunkish kind of webcomic. So they put together kind of a, a steampunk world based on his webcomic. So it's kind of cool. Shoot me the link. I'll put it in the show notes. Okay. I'll do that. Um, no, they are an officially licensed product, so oh. they did the... Uh, so they must know then. Okay. Well, they, they dotted the I's and crossed the T's. Anyway, we'll give them a plug. Anyway, uh, sure, absolutely. Do you recommend them? I would. I would definitely recommend the comic. The author is a little slow lately, but it looks like his real world job is kind of impinging on his uh, yes. ability to put out the comic. But that's the great thing about joining late is you can go back and you can work your way through the 135 issues that, <laughs> that he already has out there. And so by the time he gets his real world job together, maybe he's going again and maybe by then you're caught up. <laughs> you just stuff to do in the interim. Right. It's good stuff. He's got a good art style and uh, by reading it, even before I knew that he was doing the Savage World thing, you could tell that he was a gamer, and you could yeah. you can get that feel out of it. So cool, awesome! I'll definitely check that out. Mm-hmm. Clockworks, as Clockworks. well. But uh, yeah, so if anyone is in the Charlotte, North Carolina area in early November, I believe it's in early November. I will double check. I will make sure that I know what it is I am talking about and where you're supposed to be. Where I'm supposed to be. I am supposed to be in Charlotte for it. They are moving in here. It's glorious. It's in a hotel that's less than a mile from where I live. Sweet. Oh, sweet. <laughs> so we can come and crash at your place if we want to. Yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> you know, if you have your own cots, then you're more than welcome yeah. to. <laughs> Sleeping bag. I have no yeah. bed space. We have no sofa here in the communal room. <laughs> Aww. No, actually, no, I've had roommates that have had people stay over in the communal room for a night or so, and that's perfectly fine. But uh, they have to bring their own stuff because we don't have any furniture. Right. <laughs> so Mace 2012 is November 2nd through 4th at the Hilton Charlotte University Place. Cool. So if there are any folks that are... No, what was it? November 2nd, oh, 2nd. through the 4th. Ah, gotcha. That right. weekend. 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. Uh, if anyone wants to come and play Fiasco really early in the morning at uh, on <laughs> 9 in the morning on Saturday or Sunday, <laughs> that's when I'm facilitating it. And then I'll be <laughs> or doing, uh, in some cases, maybe very late. Depending on what you're doing. Yeah. And then I'll be also running the Mythic Room thing as part of Savage Saturday Night. Wow. We do have some feedback. <laughs> Are we ready for feedback? Yeah, we're ready, I'm for, ready feedback. for feedback. Feedback! Ready, feedback! Ready, feedback! Ready. Feedback! Feedback! Okay, so this is an email from Cantorian, uh, a.k.a. Simon, and he writes, 
Hi guys, love the podcast, has triggered some great ideas for game sessions. However, I have one issue. Episode 10, Ashes of Albion, which I've just listened to as I'm working through the podcasts in order. You may want to do some greater research on Arthur as the true legend is Welsh in origin, the version you were referring to were the later French romantic tales. Uh Might be nice if you were to revisit and revise to include a more Welsh slash Celtic feel. Mm. Anyway, that's my only complaint so far. Thanks for a great listen. Regards, Cantorian. Thank you, sir. Yeah, thanks. Very cool. And I was at least aware that it was Welsh in origin and oh, yeah? Arthur Cuhullin and all that stuff. Yeah, I really, uh, I haven't done a lot of research into that per se, so I think most of the stuff that I've heard about, aside from, you know, the movies and TV shows and all that, has just been the French stuff. Right. Um, and and I, I was aware that it was a later French adaptation of earlier legends, so I mean, I knew about it, but I hadn't really looked in and seen, okay, which bits are French and which bits are mm. Mm-hmm. Not French and but yeah, more to Arthur is obviously French, but although to an extent, and I have to say this, and uh, of course this may raise some degree of ire. I don't know about saying that something is a true legend because the very nature of That's stories like this mm-hmm. is that they're told over and over, and then they will try to write it down, and it's going to change every time you write it down. The lead theory is that. It comes from the uh, Roman officers Artorius, like the three or four of them, you know, just one descended from the other, descended from the other, being the folks that tried to unite various forces on the British Isles. I kind of feel as though just because something came later, it's not necessarily less quote-unquote legitimate. It's certainly something that's changed. And I know that perhaps if you are Welsh, in fact, that uh, you have very specific feelings about it. Just like if you're French, you probably have some very specific feelings about mm-hmm. it. But certainly credit where and, credit is due. I well, mean, yeah, if you certainly. were pulling from French, then we well, yeah. mentioned. But what we used fit what we were, uh, the going genre for. we were working ah. for. So we were working well, for knights and stuff like that. The Welsh side weren't. It's not that kind of night. It wasn't the night we were looking for ah, the, yeah. as well. That's so. true. That's true, because we were also smashing it up against the Egyptian right. so. mythology, and so we wanted a very stark contrast. <laughs> Hulk smash. Yes, but that said, I do like the idea of going back maybe at some point and seeing what a version of a world would be like that has things based on some of the purely Welsh stuff, because I am curious about that. Anything else we want to say about Cantorian's letter? Just thanks, and... Uh, yeah, very much us, so. Yeah, let us know what you think of the other ones. But yeah, I, I agree. I'd like to go back, and it would be interesting to do a a, a world where the where you have a layered mythology, maybe work out the world where the Welsh version of King Arthur is at war with the more English version of England. Oh, wow. That might be cool, yeah, actually. there it's uh, That would take some research, though. Kind of, yeah, it's a, it's a very fine hair to split, but it'd be interesting to see how that would go. The two alternate realities, essentially, fighting each other. Right. Uh, or <laughs> that might the, be fun. Or the Greek mythology versus the Roman mythology versus... Oh, uh, well, yeah, that's that's easier to do. Right. But, um, but you know, the, the, that yeah. kind of thing. I, yeah. No, that is cool, that is cool. I think all things are adaptations, basically. You write something down, and then... It's adapted from whatever original story you told your friend in the bar the evening before, and then someone else writes something else down 100 years later, and that's an adaptation of that. And It's interesting, though, to see how all the different versions work. But yeah, very cool. Thank you very much for sending us that. I guess we should probably talk a little bit about what happened to us at DragonCon. Sure. <laughs> Where on the doll did DragonCon touch you? <laughs> Everywhere. <laughs> Me, mostly, it touched me on my feet. Oh, there you go. Yeah, Lots of walking around. I, think I experienced Footmageddon over that weekend. Spread out uh, through five hotels and walking back and forth. Yeah. That'll definitely do it. By the time I hit Sunday, I was walking with a cane. It was not Ooh. pretty. They added the Westin this past year. Mm-hmm. And I did go to a panel in there, but I was writing down some things so I could try to remember everything that I did at Dragon Con, and I see that I did probably twice as much on that Friday as I did on any other day. <laughs> so that might have had yeah. something to do with it. Also, the fact that I ended up getting the wrong kinds of shoes, I think, to uh, um. to navigate properly. It's like a month ahead of time I bought these shoes, and I realized too late that they had like zero tread on them. And that's something where you want some nice, thick tread on your shoes. Oh, yeah. Um, Just like you don't want your tires to wear down and go bald immediately. Right. You uh, also don't want your shoes to cause your feet to have to carry Mm -hmm. more of the burden than they need to. 
So I was in Blisterland and uh, <laughs> Muscle Spasm Land oh. for uh, a little while there. But uh, next year, I think I shall have different shoes. That's what I learned. So what did we do that was fun? Um. Wow, let's see. Don't everyone talk at once? Uh, uh, I can tell you that something that was unexpected or, or new to me, the Geologic podcast. Oh, yeah. Was very cool. And the guy, uh, George Harab. George Harab, right? Yeah, George Harab, yeah. Um, we, yeah, we went and saw that live mm-hmm. on Sunday night. Right. And uh, he's really funny. He's really entertaining. He and, and we actually met him on Friday night, I think it was. It was Thursday night. Thursday night. Actually, it was okay. before, Is this? Yeah, the first night. We ended up meeting him at the bar and hanging out and chatting about how the brain works, which was a lot of fun. Wasn't he one of the presenters for the award ceremony? Uh, actually, yes. He uh, was the at the Parsec Awards, which were on Saturday. <laughs> we were all at the Parsec. Awards and uh, the overall presenters for that were Scott Sigler and Veronica Belmont, I believe. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And George Robb and Christiana Ellis were the presenters for the first award that they had. And George walked out on the stage wearing nothing but a guitar. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're so inclined, you can go out on Twitter and actually find the. Yes, that's true. Scott pictures. Sigler ran up and took a picture. <laughs> and he has a, a podcast that's really Yes. The Geologic Podcast. Very and, funny. And he did a. Um, Recently, his recent episode was at least partially his routine, his show from Dragon Con. It wasn't all of it because a lot of it was visual. So there are pieces of the Dragon Con panel that he did for his show. And apparently, and I regret not going to it, uh, apparently he did the piano for Dark Side of the Moon, the Pink Floyd album. He did the entire album. He apparently said it was much better attended than he thought it was going to be and that I I wish that I had gone. Um, Ah, yeah. But anyway, yeah. by that point, I was kind of blitzed out of my mind, really, in a way, that evening. But yeah, that would have been fun. Um, I remember on Thursday, went in. Registration took like ten minutes. It was amazing. I, I'd already pre-registered, so the line was really fast, which I guess is something that can happen on Thursdays. But that was the fastest I have ever had registration for Dragon Con, and this is even including the days that I lived in Atlanta and I was able to get there first thing in the morning on Thursday or the afternoon on Thursday. Well, uh, well Kent and my wife actually got there first thing on Thursday, and they had to wait in line for what, an hour or so. Um, I'd say more like two. It was a decent uh. wait. I was at least an hour and a half. Well, I guess it must have been a fluke or something. I ended up getting there on Thursday evening. Anytime you got there really after close. noon time, you were smooth sailing. No line wait. Uh, that was amazing. And I wandered around, got to see the Extraordinary Contraptions play for a bit. And then we ended up at the bar in the Hilton, which is where I spent a lot of time at Dragon Con, actually. <laughs> the bar of the Hilton. <laughs> And uh, that's where we met George. And we also got to meet Starla Hutchton again. She's a friend of mine. I've been in one of her podcasts. I did some voices for her. It was very nice seeing her again. And uh, I highly recommend The Dreamer's Thread, her podcast novel. And uh, if you end up listening to that and get somewhere in the middle, I play the tiny dragon. Oh, very cool. (laughs) I got to do that voice. It was a lot of fun. And so that was cool. Then uh, Friday morning, I think we went and we saw Sylvester McCoy. Yep. I saw him twice. He was very funny both times. saw him once with you, and I saw him again on Sunday, I think it was, with my son, who is actually a, a Doctor Who fan these days. And uh, he was good both times. And he actually talked a little bit about the... He is Radagast, the brown, in the uh, upcoming Hobbit movie. Yeah, yeah. Which, um, Radagast, for those of you, is, is one of the wizards. There were five wizards. And you know about Saruman and you know about Gandalf, but the other three are kind of yeah unknown. Yeah, or, or less known, as the case less may be. Known. Yeah, it's very cool. I'm really looking forward to that. He was kind of cagey about it uh, that morning, on Friday morning. He just um, a little, talked a little bit about it on, on the uh, Sunday show. Uh, or was it Monday? I think it may have been Monday, actually, now that I think about it. But, but um, it was very entertaining. I had a great time. He only got to answer one or two questions after they chatted for a while, but, because he has a lot of stories. <laughs> right. <laughs> I went to the kickoff for the podcasting track. At that point, introduced myself as we were asking questions and such as being someone who uh, has a podcasting problem. That I have about four of them, and I'm probably going to be starting another one at some point soon. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what? Yes, I know. It's a shh. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> Just between right. the two of us and however many uh, five listeners there are right now. We'll begin planning our intervention for your podcast. Yes, that's, uh, that's, that's actually the podcast. <laughs> the intervention podcast. Yes, that's right. <laughs> We're going to start an intervention podcast Bye. to stop me from continuing podcasting. That's it. <laughs> 
or incurring no further increase in your podcast. Increase in the podcasting. <laughs> no, I have to do it. I can quit anytime I want. Really, I can. <laughs> Come on, guys. Quitting's for quitters. But um, after that on Friday, I went out and I had lunch with uh, Richard Green, otherwise known as Mainframe, who had a podcast for a while called Geek Out with Mainframe, which was pretty cool. I got to meet Christiana Ellis and Craig from Technorama. I got to meet Clinton from the Comedy Forecast, and we hung out and we went to the Mellow Mushroom. Oh, yeah. And it was good. Good pizza. (laughs) Yes. Then later I ended up going to a panel on steampunk podcasting. Oh, I got, so nice. I got to meet T. Morris and Philippa Valentine, who are also very good writers. Uh, they've done their own individual podcast novels that they've had out, and they are now doing various short stories under what they refer to as the Ministry of Peculiar Occurrences. <laughs> uh, I haven't gotten around to listening to any of those yet, but those sound really cool. They've gotten very much into the steampunk thing. Wow. I also got to meet Emmett Davenport there, who is one of the ladies behind the Clockwork Cabaret that does steampunk music. Oh. And is currently on hiatus, but she has said that they will be coming back because they've had another change in cast coming up. So wow. they're kind of reworking that. But that was very cool. I've Occasionally, I send them emails every now and then with little tidbits that I see, and then I also did a voiceover for them once for one of their sponsors that they have. They, they make up these fake sponsors that basically to have halfway through the show. Oh, sweet. I uh, ran briefly into my friend Jason, uh, Jason Vale, who I haven't really seen since uh, we did some work in the Syndicate Theater Company back in Myrtle Beach years ago, back in the, way back in the 90s. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he has gotten some more acting work. He actually was in Abraham Lincoln vs. Zombies, which was a, a straight-to-DVD thing that came out around the same time as the yeah. Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter movie. And he actually played John Wilkes Booth in the book trailer for Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, which was very amusing. Um, <laughs> And uh, he and a couple of his friends from the movie uh, Lincoln vs. Zombies uh, were out in their costumes walking oh, around. Sweet. It was great. <laughs> How cool was that? Yeah. He's grown a mustache since I last saw him. I got to go briefly uh, touch base with Eloy LaSanta of Third Eye Games that evening. He was down getting ready to run Fiasco in the gaming room, and he will be a future guest on the podcast. We've already kind of talked about that, and he wants to be on at some point. Very cool. We mentioned Clint Black. I actually got to hang out a little bit with some of the folks at the Beautiful Brains booth, which that evening it was just my friend Nick the Savage Greek and Mark running the booth at that point. I bought a couple of things. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm currently running two Deadlands campaigns simultaneously for some reason because I have no sense of personal time management. Um <laughs> <laughs> Which is probably part of the reason why I do so much podcasting. So I ended up getting some books that will help with that. And wow. That good. And then I went to the bar. And uh, that's uh, usually when most evenings at Dragon Con, I go to the bar and then the evening sort of coalesces into a strange miasma and it's hard to remember what's going on. So that was Friday. <laughs> wow. And that was the heaviest day. That was actually, I think, the day that I wore my feet down. Then Saturday, it was a lot of pain. But uh, I got to the parade Saturday morning. Did you guys... I know John managed managed to get out and see it. Yep. Yeah. So, I, we saw it. We actually... You were talking about people we ran into. A friend of Kent and I's, Terry, was Mr. Incredible in the parade. And nice. Actually, his whole family were in it. And I think they were... All dressed uh, up. Yeah. I think most of them were... Were they all dressed as the Incredibles? No. No. Yeah. Sadly. It was... Uh, they were... Although I do think they should do it. But that's just my opinion. <laughs> yeah, well, he, only, he has two daughters, so somebody would be cross-dressing. But uh, yep. I think his two daughters were Harley Quinn, and I don't remember. His wife was a vampire, I think. Oh, okay. Um, the parade was good and uh, was way more crowded this year. I don't know. Maybe it's just that we were in a different spot or something like that, but it was crazy crowded. And so Saturday is like the insane day at Dragon Con because it's like the day yeah. everybody comes. So if you're going to go to a panel or see somebody big on Saturday, you really have to show up early and yeah. be in it for the long haul that day. Yeah, there was a lot of wandering around, crawling around for me on Saturday. I got to hang out briefly with Eden Royce, who has been on the show before, the, the writer. We uh, went to a panel on writing about intrigue, which was really cool because I think the guy had some kind of experience in intelligence, and uh, so it was cool kind of seeing that from his perspective. Very interesting stuff. 
After that, we did the Parsecs. Yeah. Which were very fun. It was, yeah, it yeah. was a lot of fun. It, yeah. was, it was different than I thought it was going to be. It was much more formal than I thought it was going to be more informal. It, than, it was a it was. little bit more formal than I thought, to a certain extent, it was. Because the last time I went to the Parsecs, which was in... Two years ago was 2010, right? <laughs> yep, yes. I can't remember these things anymore. Me can count. Last time I went there, it was a bit less formal. The room was smaller. And I was actually... More dressed up than anyone else there, practically, <laughs> unless they were presenting. But yeah, it was pretty cool. I liked it. Yeah, the George Harab being uh, naked. He actually explains it on his podcast. Basically, he was giving the award for something that had new in it, and he said he basically purposely read it as nude. It was yes, yeah, it was, yes. It was quite <laughs> amusing. Not nude podcasters, new podcasters. All oh, right. For anyone not familiar, the Parsec Awards are kind of like the Oscars of speculative fiction podcasts. Also, uh, Pitt Ballantyne, uh, Philippa Ballantyne, uh, won a Parsec there, which I think is her first. And so now she can match her husband, T, who has his. They can now fight properly, use them in duels and what have you. Uh, well, and also uh, at the awards, I remember you guys got to meet David from the podcast and his wife, Melina, from Law of the Geek. Mm-hmm. And later, they and I went and did some drinking, which is, that's basically what happens. Yeah, for those <laughs> of you who don't go, haven't ever been to Dragon Con, after about nine o'clock, that's where you'll find pretty much everybody. Yes. It's pretty much you get within a certain radius of Dragon Con, and alcohol just permeates your system. It happens automatically. Yeah. Dragon Con. Three drink minimum. <laughs> yes, that's right. It's in the air. We hung out and chatted. We had a great time. And then I wandered drunkenly into the Hilton, and uh, that was when I had my Zen moment of feeling, yes, okay, I am definitely at Dragon Con. It was when I wandered into the place where they were doing karaoke, and the oh. person there was singing gorillas, uh-huh. and this gentleman walked up, dressed as a magician, sitting inside a giant top hat, being held by a giant rabbit. Alrighty. Okay. <laughs> and it was a very surreal moment, it, it, and it was hysterical and wonderful, and it very much summed up the con for me at that moment, and it, I took a picture of it. I'll try to see if I can get it into the uh, show notes. If you're listening to this and, and you've never been to Dragon Con, you should go just to look at the people. Oh, yeah. People watching is something it, I did a lot this year. The amount of effort that, that some of these people put into these costumes is just stunning. The people in Hollywood, you know, the makeup and special effects people in Hollywood should go here just to look at the effort that some of these people actually put into this stuff. It's yeah. just incredible. And they actually have panels on special effects to a certain extent, so special effects and makeup and things of that nature, filmmaking, and they get into it all. It's very, very big. They do a lot of different things, but yeah, the costumes were awesome this year. That was most of my Saturday. Um, I actually, although, yeah, that's right. I remember uh, when I was in the first writer's panel, I remember saying, okay, I'm going to be drunk by the time this other panel shows up in the evening, the the fighting and writing panel, uh, which talks about writing combat. And I thought, you know, if I wander in drunk, there is a chance I may actually start trying to demonstrate. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Sort of going up to the panelists, here, let's see what what fighting looks like and write about it. I did end up stumbling into that panel drunk later, but I was very quiet, (laughs) as far as I could tell, which is virtually meaningless. But um, The only place where it got heated, I went to a panel on, it was in the Skeptics and Science track, and they were doing something basically on the state of creationism in the school. And it was all, it was basically from the science point of view and how creationism is sort of on the rise right now, to a degree. And a woman got up later on who had been a teacher and she took everybody to task for the quote theory of evolution. It was, it got, that was the one that got heated and they were booing her and Oh, they, they they had nasty words for her. It was it was like you're proving the other side's point by doing what you're doing. But you know, yeah, nice. Did it get contentious? It, it, it got very contentious because the woman took a very dogmatic point of view, and when they quizzed her on it, that she didn't have anything that could, she could back it up with, other than just mm-hmm. to go back to the standard. Well, it's a, the theory of evolution, and which just goes to prove that she doesn't understand what a theory actually is, and. Uh, uh-huh. When they tried to explain that to her, she got sort of irate. And 
the moderator just kind of shut it down at that point because we were out of time anyway. But uh, yeah, it was yeah. one of those things. It was, but she was not on friendly ground, and and maybe she yeah. expected she was or something. But uh, okay. she was in a science and skepticism forum, and she was like going, "Well, where's the creationism side of this? Why are you not representing that?" And they were like, "Well, this is science and skepticism's track." You know, uh, what do you expect here? Was this, was this a guest there, or was this yeah. from the just, audience? She, no, it was from the audience. She just came yeah. on. She came up and asked a question. And oh, okay. She got real contentious, and she got real huffy about it. And, and oh, I see. It was, uh, well, I can see to a certain extent about the definitions of words. It can can sometimes get a little tricky with this theory in particular, because theory in science doesn't necessarily mean quite the same thing as it does when someone uses it commonly. Right, and that's exactly uh, so, the point. In, in science, yeah. a theory can be as good as a law in a lot of ways. It, it can be better. Yeah. It can be better, and uh, it, it explains a whole range of things. But the common usage of theory makes it sound like there's a lot of uncertainty, whereas with evolution, there's very little uncertainty. There may be uncertainty about some of the means, but the amount of evidence behind the theory of evolution is so vast that it's yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's the whole thing and so yeah. it's a misconception of what a theory means yeah exactly um, so people use it well anyway we can go with it. I could yeah. go on for hours about this but <laughs> we're going to this before yep. we this is not we change podcast. the nature of the podcast yeah, this is not that podcast so <laughs> different podcast mine was I had a good time Friday afternoon at our lunch break with you and you and I John oh yeah that was weird happenstance I ran into him again earlier later really? on. Or later on, yeah. Later on, yeah. Like, he was... Uh, I, I can't even remember his name. Do you remember his name? I know. I, I'm sitting here trying to think of it, and I cannot for the He's life of me. He's a voice actor in... He does a, a lot of voice actors for voice acting for video games and oh. manga. I have the internet. We can find it out. And uh, Yeah, I'm going to look. And he's local here in Atlanta. Right, and his wife does the stuff, too. Uh, but he was really cool, and I ran into him later on at the place where they had the video games. Mm-hmm. Oh, and cool. He was, well, what games has he done, do you know? He did a bunch of stuff for Mortal Kombat. He did mm-hmm. some stuff for Halo. A lot of the first-person shooters he, he's done. Yes. That's the other kind of cool thing. There's a mall there, a little food court kind of thing, and you end up sitting down next to people dressed really weird, and, and you end up talking with people that you would never normally talk to, and this guy was very cool. He and his wife. Okay. There, his name is Bob Carter. Cool. Tall. I mean, this guy's like five okay. foot. It's, he stands equal with John. Yeah. He's, <laughs> if he's, not yeah, higher. Yeah, he was probably six five. Very imposing figure. Bob Carter, professional. Med- he uh, worked at 99X here in Atlanta. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. One point. Yeah. Uh, Did like some sporting stuff, right? Oh, uh, his wife was the voice uh, of Skynet in the Terminator ah, stuff. Oh, yes. cool. Yeah, that's right. Very interesting people to sit next to when you're having lunch. Yeah. <laughs> All sorts. I mean, you'll just, it's. Very cool to just run into these people. It mm-hmm. happens a lot there because they have all of the uh, things where they have the people in and have the uh, that room where you have the celebrities under glass, as I call them. You sort of wander in and they're all behind tables, fenced in, and you go up and purchase autographs from them and what have you. So very cool, very cool. I, I tried to get in, I think, on Saturday night to the uh, live astronomy panel. But when I went in, it was because they did it every night. But the night that I chose to go in, they were just talking mostly about Battlestar Galactica. Ah. And they didn't actually do any live astronomy because there was a, uh, a cloud cover over their observatory that they were getting the feed from. Ah. So unfortunately, <laughs> that didn't work out. So I ended up getting up and walking out after a little while. Oh. Hobbling out, actually, is more the case by that point. I don't know if either of you got over to the art I wouldn't oh, say yeah. com- just comic book artists, but it was a lot of them. But that art area over there, I guess that was the the one. Oh yes, no, I know what you're talking about now. Yes, the the, uh, the, the art room in the in the Hyatt. Hyatt, that's it. Yes, it was in the Hyatt. That that was very cool. I walked through there. Oh. You, they actually had a silent auction. You could, I mean, there were literally probably a thousand pieces of art, and you could silent auction on on them. And then I don't know how wow. often. It was it was pretty cool. Um, I only got to buzz through for about ten minutes, I think, when I eventually managed to get down there. <laughs> I was there with my son, and he got quickly bored of that. But um, uh-huh. it, was, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool to walk through there and 
see just the oceans of, of stuff like that. And there were a lot of actually famous comic graphic novel artists there as well sweet but and most of them were not charging for their <laughs> oh for their, wow. this was interesting this is something my my son pointed out to me as well uh we went and walked through the room where people are paying to do signatures and adam west looks so much better than burt ward it's not even funny and <laughs> Adam West is at least 20 years older than Burt Ward, but Adam West, for somebody who's probably about 80, I'd imagine, I don't know, maybe that's a little high, maybe maybe 75, looks really good, and, and Burt Ward looks tired. Ah, uh, yes. These things happen to one. But for me, that's always interesting to go through there, and you see some of these... So Adam West is 84. Oh, wow. Okay. Or he will be on the 19th. Oh, okay. Happy birthday, Adam. This month. Yes, yep. happy birthday, Adam West. This may be coming out actually on Adam West's birthday. Oh, my God. Here's another thing. He was born in Walla Walla, Washington. Oh, okay. He looked good for someone. I mean, it's like Stan Lee. I don't. He's probably in that age range as well. Looked good. Looked good. He was there. Saw him. I saw Felicia Day. Actually, Kent and I both saw Felicia Day and most of the Guild people, people from the Guild web show. I don't know what you want to call it. They were in the same hotel we were in. Yeah. Um, we saw them. I saw Felicia Day several times trying to basically hide from being swamped by people. So, ah, I, yes. And I left her alone. So, Felicia, if you're listening. <laughs> you didn't go up I, I didn't. I didn't intrude. Just. I did the same as well. Stayed off. It's kind of neat to say, hey, there she is. And she's surrounded already by people. A lot of times when you see these celebrities walking the streets of Atlanta from hotel to hotel or in the hotels or what have you, a lot of times what I do is I just, I don't really go up to them or anything. If, I, if my path happens to take me past them, I'll say hi, but that'll be it. I don't actually stop moving. I just sort of wonder, oh, hey, how's it going? You know, I, I acknowledge the fact that I recognize them. I, I don't try to do anything to them much, <laughs> which is in stark contrast, I think, of what happened when I went and saw Monty Cook on Sunday morning. <laughs> but, um, we went to a panel with Monty Cook. Yes, you went to the uh, the Fantasy World building panel, didn't yeah. you? Yep. Uh, How was us, that? They owed us money for that, you know. Because <laughs> we were the first ones to think of that idea, right? That's right. We were the first people ever to build worlds. <laughs> <laughs> How did it go? How was that panel? What was it like? Did they actually build a world? No. Uh, no. They just talked about general. Mm -hmm. What I did when I created that world sort of, sort of stuff and yeah. answered a lot of questions. Pitfalls, how you know, how large do you make your world? How what scale do you use? What baselines do you use as far as like magic and rules and how ruly do you get? Do you make it? Do you just brush across them or do you go in depth and want to control everything? It was interesting. Cool. It was pretty good, yeah. I missed half the last half of that one, I think. Got pulled away to but, but that's there. also where we met up with a, a lot of our gaming folk from here in Atlanta. There was uh, oh, yes. Roger and Ryan. Roger and Ryan are in the gaming group that I run, uh, like, on Saturday. Or yeah, I, I partake of. I don't actually run. I may occasionally run, but uh, usually I'm a player in that version. I ended up doing a lot of gaming-related stuff on Sunday, because oh. by then I'd sort of decided, okay, I'm going to stay mostly near this building, which turned out to be the Hilton. And so that morning I did go and see Monty Cook. He talked a lot about his Numenera Kickstarter, mm -hmm. um, which is done really well and about the world, and uh, I was very pleased to hear that a good portion of the inspiration for it was from Gene Wolfe's Book of the New Sun, which is a book I really like. And I did go up to him afterward and just sort of geek out a bit in front of him. <laughs> I said, I think it's great that you're doing this. I was very pleased to hear that that was the inspiration and all that. And uh, really enjoy what you're doing and very, very excited to see what's going to be coming next. And then I wandered off. <laughs> With his quizzical look on his face. Yes, huh? it, what? <laughs> at that point, it was like, okay, we need to get out of this room now. And, uh, I had a similar... There was a cluster of people around him. I, had a, I mean, th there were other people who were in front of me who had went and they, they got autographs and pictures with him and stuff like that. But I just sort of... I just said a few things and then wandered off. If I ever run into him again, I think next time I'm going to try to let him talk more. <laughs> I think that would help. I had because a he interjected a few things, and uh, it was I, I wasn't I didn't interrupt him or anything, but it's at least I don't remember that. If uh, Monty, if you're listening, uh, <laughs> I, had a I, uh, I apologize if I was uh, acting strangely, but uh, I, I knew you didn't have a, a lot of time and had to get out of the room, so I was trying to get a lot of stuff in. I had a similar thing with uh, a guy from a, a podcast. He does a a podcast called Coverville, and he does one called The Morning Stream. 
actually it was you and I, Jim, were, were sort of walking around and I actually just kind of saw him and I said his name and then I froze and he was like, yes, that's me. And, and I just walked on. So <laughs> I was just, uh, and he's like looking around going, who said I'm that? Sure, I, I'm sure he, he was like, who is this freak? It was pretty funny. So I had one of those moments where it's like, uh, okay, now he, he acknowledged me. So what do I do? And I just walked away. So, so if you listen, Brian, uh, sorry about that. You know, don't make eye contact. Yeah. <laughs> Well, <laughs> so. Uh, so. well, yeah, I don't even remember that, but that's, uh, that's funny. <laughs> uh, it, it was amusing. It was amusing. I, I I embarrassed myself, but only to me apparently. So that was that worked out. Ah, so. uh, okay. <laughs> also, that Sunday was more gaming stuff. So I went to the Savage Worlds panel. I got to see Clint and Jody again. Yeah, that's uh, where we met them. Yes, yeah, so you guys finally got to finally. I, yeah, I'd been running into them all weekend, and then finally you guys got to come and... Uh, I actually come. had met him. I, I met him at their booth. Beautiful Brains, if you're at a con, yeah. and they're there. Yeah. Beautiful Brains, Books and Games. Uh, definitely look for their booth if you're at a con, or you can order from them online. Good vendors, good people. Good people, yep. yep. When they're there, they have a lot of help, apparently, because uh, every time I went by the booth, which was like three times a day until I finally got to meet him, he wasn't there. He's like, oh, they're, yeah. he's talking, or he's, he's at another... <laughs> Yeah, a couple of friends of mine were manning their booth a lot. So, yeah, Nick and Mark and, and them. But we'll uh, let them know you stopped by. Oh, okay. Thanks. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but, uh, there were also a couple of panels that I went to. There was uh, the, I ended up stumbling into the Can Gaming Save Your Life panel. Nice. That and, sounds uh, interesting. Which had Jason Morningstar, who's the designer of Fiasco. He and his fellow panelists talked about things where gaming can make a positive change in a person's life or where it can have positive effects. And we talked a little bit about charities, and we talked about different efforts that the gaming community does, and uh, things where games are used to try to help educate people and things of that nature. It was really cool. Games as far as the role-playing games? Uh, pen and yep. paper, or yep, even video games? Mostly pen and paper RPGs, but we did touch on video games some as well. Because, you know, I am involved in Extra Life, which is coming up here at the end of October, the 20th. Yes. Oh, yes. You need awesome. to, you need to pimp we should have We should have added that to the announcements. Tell us about Extra Life, Ken. <laughs> well, it's a 24-hour video gaming marathon. And basically, you go out and try and get sponsors or get sponsors to provide a monetary donation for every hour that you game. And then we play games on a certain day for 24 hours straight. This will be my fourth year. And every year, I've been able to go the full 24 hours. And in fact, I'm a co-captain of organizing it for the company I work for. And my company sponsors us to do this, which is very cool. So they throw some money towards us. Plus, they buy a place for us to gather and play the games. Awesome. It can go to any charity basically for Children's Healthcare, which is a large, large organization of several hospitals globally. And so you can pick which hospital you're going to donate your money to for your team because you can gather up in teams like we do. And we have about 15 participants that we do from our work alone. And then we gather and play video games all day long into the weary morning hours of the uh, following yes. Yes. <laughs> So, And we I... use Skype. We use other chat forms such as Ventrilo, or TeamSpeak in order to help gather up to play different games. And we'll play anything from first-person shooters, RPGs, to role-playing games, to uh, massively multiplayer games. You'll run the entire gambit. And you can stick with just one if you'd like. But a lot of us just kind of, we play for a couple of hours and then we go, okay, next game, you know. And so it'll be uh, Left for Dead for a little while and then Borderlands and then uh, and you're, Star are you Wars. To, you're allowed to take breaks? Oh, yes, definitely. Breaks are, I would say, mandatory almost at that point because your brain yeah. can only take so long of sitting in front of a monitor and, and staring yeah. uh, oogling at it for, for 24 hours and, and not to mention your legs need some circulation as well so it's always a good thing to take a 15 minute break and walk <laughs> who around. needs these, these mortal things <laughs> and, and believe me a lot of people will probably frown upon it if you don't go for a bathroom break so uh, yes this is true <laughs> uh, you rig up a catheter you're good yeah <laughs> But anyway, it's a, for a very good cause. Um, you can actually have your organization, the extralife.org, 
has portals of their own in order to help you keep track of your donation through Donation Drive. And you can link it to Facebook and Twitter and Google Plus and things like that. So it's an easy way to go out and tell people about it to try and get your sponsors. You don't have to do a whole lot of money if you don't want to. You can set a goal for yourself, 100 bucks, you know, or even less than that. I think Extra Life themselves will actually do a shirt uh, if you do so many plus do a, a platinum registration. So platinum registrations are like $15 of your own money. But then if you go out and raise $192 uh, in sponsorships, they give you a shirt at that point. So very cool. for free. Yep. You have something that people could sponsor you with? Yeah. You got to. Oh, yeah. That? Yeah. My Facebook and my Google are all set up to show me participating in Extra Life. And I'll I'll make sure that the links are refreshed so that they can go see it. And so you would either look for huff9418 at gmail.com for my Facebook. Is that already set up, the uh, yes. Extra Life stuff? Yes, the Extra Life should be there. They'll, it's probably down deep in my history, so I'll, I'll make sure it gets refreshed and brought up to uh, the last couple of days. Awesome. Well, uh, mostly on Sunday, I, did see, I went to an indie games panel, um, and then I, I hung out a little bit with Greg from uh, Ludus Novus, who uh, has also been on the show before. People, and, you're supposed yeah. to be around when I'm around so that we could meet. <laughs> you know, we tried. We tried to get yeah, people to, to were... meet up, but it was uh, it's it's impossible. It's Dragon Con. It's there's uh, I, I, okay. I'm going to rant about this in a moment, but I'm going to save that. I'm going to save that. I'm going to save it up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Next but, uh, time, you're all coming to meet us. Yeah. <laughs> you have no yeah, choice. It's on your schedule. I know that uh, I ended up on Monday doing the. Uh, I, I went in as, and was also a very interesting educational panel about what if Starfleet ran our K through twelve system. Um, oh, yes, that <laughs> that looked like a good one, and I didn't get to it either. So it was it was very interesting. They talked about the idea of rewarding failure, which is something that's anathema to a lot of folks. But the idea is that you figure out what each child is good at and encourage them in that direction. You know, because people are like individuals, apparently. Uh, At least that's what I've heard. What? Individuals? Impossible. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> We're all drones. We should be doing the same thing, right? That's right. <laughs> Nine to five, watch TV, go to bed. <laughs> that is your life. That is all you should do. But uh, it was very interesting, and I'm hoping that they actually managed to get some reforms through it's really not necessarily on the policy level because they they kind of identified that they can't really necessarily do much on the policy level at this point because it's all political but that they want to try to encourage teachers individually on local levels to try to enact the change and that that would be better you must engage what's going on what's happening with their individual classroom and actually try to make things better I also went and uh, briefly saw some information about the Marvel MMO that's going to be coming out, which was interesting. They actually have it. So one of the things I noticed they talked about is that apparently you can have multiple Wolverines playing at once. You're actually going to be playing the Marvel characters. Ah, wow. Um, so, so if uh, you want, you can have like 20 guys come on playing Wolverine and all form a, uh, a superhero team called the Bubs. <laughs> that's, been their, that's been their joke, apparently, around that they've been talking about. That you can have different versions of the same character essentially show up a lot. But it's you know, you're essentially in there playing the Marvel characters, which seems pretty cool. I ended up going to a panel on transhumanism, and uh, that was mostly Q&A. I'm sorry? Is near. Yes, it's coming! <laughs> but they actually started it by showing a video that was pretty cool, and I will also try to provide a link to that. It's called Kara by Quantic Dream. The PlayStation folks put it together. It's pretty cool. It's very detailed, and it's about building a person who then uh, has the unfortunate quality of being sentient and then having to deal with that uh, when that happens. And so that was pretty cool, just their opening video. And the rest of it was largely Q&A. It's like, you know, how are we going to do these implants? What's going to happen? How is this going to work? That kind of thing. Um, and then I ended up going to the podcast wrap-up, and by that point, everyone was doing the uh, AA thing, essentially. <laughs> Hello, my name is Jim, and I'm a podcaster. Because <laughs> we were all tired, and <laughs> we ended up talking about various cool things that we'd seen at the conference. Uh -huh. Overall, I had a very good time. I enjoyed it, despite the foot difficulty. My son and I did, and, and we've sort of done this. This, this is our, 
our Monday ritual is uh, we did the BattleBot. Totally worth it if you, you should go. It's fun to see people make these huge robots and try to break each other. It's quite amusing. So I, I recommend that <laughs> as a kind of a last day kind of uh, ritual. Mm-hmm. You're exhausted and it's the final day. Right. And exhausted and hungover and nothing hits the psyche better than seeing robots fight. Right. Quite amusing. It was fun. Was there anything else you guys saw or did at the con that was really cool? No, that's about it for me. (laughs) We've hit our coolness limit. Yep. (laughs) Uh, I think that next year, I've had a policy, basically, at Dragon Con where I don't plan anything and I just sort of surf through the con going wherever. This year, there was a slight problem in that I had almost 20 people that I was trying to keep up with who were also going. This year, I think I had more people going that I knew already than I had had in any previous year. And that started to cause me a few issues. I was kind of stressed out the first couple of days because I was trying to keep up with them and figure out where they were and what I was doing. And it was uh, a lot of trying to scramble around at the last minute and figure things out. And I think that I'm going to revise the way that I do this a little bit. I mean, it's fine if you're like, oh, I'm over here doing this, want to come, and you happen to be nearby or whatever, and you're like, okay, yeah, sure, whatever. But I think that I may plan to the extent that if there are people that I know that are going and we want to actually try to make a point to do a thing together, that we go ahead and plan the thing time and date and location. Well, well ahead, ahead of time. Of time. Yeah. yeah. and uh, Not day of. Yeah, time and date and location ahead of time. Before the con even starts... <laughs> that, I think, I could probably handle all right, planning things that way. Because aside from that, it would have to pretty much be happenstance. I was able to hang out with you guys, I think, more than anyone else, because I was staying with you guys. Right, right. <laughs> so that kind of had a very specific connection. Yep. <laughs> but I think other folks that I'm going to be seeing and running into, what have you, if we really, if there's a thing in particular that we want to do together, we kind of need to mm-hmm. say, okay, on this day... I have to give some kudos to uh, the Dragon Con app that was released because they really have improved upon that. Last year was their first year, and it was very clunky and hard to get used to, which is typical the first time you launch an app for the iPhone or the Android. But the Uh second year, man, I could see if I had like four friends that I knew had the app, I could see their schedules as long as we had each other on our list. And it was very easy to try and line up and see who's going where. Now, it only did one at a time. It doesn't let me see all four of us. But at least I could go in and say, oh, what's John doing or what's Jim doing at this time? You know, Okay. so that allowed me to kind of be at a place where I knew that they were probably going to be. And then we were able to meet up. I may try to take advantage of that next year if I have a phone that can handle it. Mm -hmm. If I get a problem. Proper 21st century phone. Right now, I'm still in the 90s with respect to my phone technology. <laughs> yeah, but it's a very good app to have. Uh, is there anything else that uh, we wanted to uh, chat about uh, at this point or uh, make mention of? Uh, I'm all good. I think I'm all good. Covered most of it. Are we good? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so. I'm good here. Well, then I guess that'll wrap this one up. We will catch you folks another time. Say goodbye, folks. Goodbye. All right. Goodbye. See you later. Sarinara. <laughs> we are out. Thank you for listening to Crucible of Realms. Do you have comments or a question? Have you used one of our settings? Tell us about it. You can contact us at podcast at crucibleofrealms.com or leave a review for us on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. Or if you'd like to contact one of the hosts individually, you can find our emails on the website at crucibleofrealms.com. The Crucible of Realms podcast and all settings created on it are released under a Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 unported license. All music was composed and performed by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com.